This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, July 21st, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. Who says Homeland Security needs to start and end at the federal level? Not Matt Mayer, author of the new book, Homeland Security and Federalism, Protecting America from Outside the Beltway. A former Department of Homeland Security official, Mayer believes that since most resources for Homeland Security are actually held at the local level, locals should be calling more of the shots. We spoke in June. You suggest that we are federalizing too much of uh, homeland security functions. Why is that? Uh, well, because, I mean, what we've seen is after 9-11, there was, you could imagine a reasonable response to say, well, wow, we've got a huge problem here. How do we deal with it? Uh, and rather than take the lessons of history where we had had a, an enormous civil defense capacity really come out of the state and local level uh, from colonial all the way through the Cold War, we took a model where we said, we're going to create this new department and we're going to federalize more and more of, of that domestic security envelope. And so what we've seen is, uh, whether it's in you know FEMA over the last 16 years, uh, we've seen an enormous federalization of natural disasters where, you know, in the period from 1981 to 1993, you were averaging about 43 disaster declarations per year. During the Clinton administration, that doubled to 89 declarations per year. And during the Bush administration, that went up to 130 declarations per year, which is about one declaration every 2.8 days. Uh, this year, the last I checked, we're on pace for approximately 170 declarations, which would be a record for FEMA. The last uh, highest number was 157 declarations back in 1996, an election year, uh, where we had to spread the money around in order to try to improve the chances of re-election for the president. And so uh, we've seen that federalization of disasters, which has created a problem where FEMA spends its time on the routine and not on preparing for the truly nationally catastrophic events that might occur in America. And then on the state and local level, as Washington pays for more and more of what goes on in their uh, jurisdictions, and they can spread their costs to other states, they are essentially then defunding emergency management functions so that we're seeing both a uh, lack of capacity at both the state and federal level on these issues. I can hear the question already, don't states lack specific capability to deal with uh, a large-scale disasters that might necessitate uh, federal involvement? Uh, the answer is uh, yes and no. I mean, historically, they handled these disasters routinely. I mean, we really didn't start uh, a heavy emphasis into the federalization of disasters until 1993. Before that, in many cases, especially during the Reagan years where we had a decrease in, in FEMA declarations, state and local governments were handi- handling the routine disasters that happen in their jurisdictions all the time. Um, historically, that's the case. I mean, you had situations where um, there was a, a, an enormous hurricane in Miami that there was no declaration for back at the turn of the century in the state of Florida. Miami handled it perfectly fine. Uh, and so they, they, they do have resources at the state and local level. But as we continue to federalize it, we are actually gonna, we're, we're creating the incentive for them to defund those things and let those uh, capabilities wither as we walk, you know, put everything into the Washington uh, pot. From a resource standpoint, I mean, look, the reality is uh, there are 15,000 FBI agents across the country, another 6,000 immigration and custom enforcement agents across the country. That's about 21,000 personnel to essentially do the what you consider the federal law enforcement function uh, in America. In comparison, there are 1.1 million state and local law enforcement personnel. So from a resource standpoint, when you add in the fire service, emergency management folks at the state and local level, public health officials, there are vast, vast, vastly greater numbers of resources at the state and local level than there are at the federal level. On a spending standpoint, I actually did a report for the Heritage Foundation on this where we looked at the uh, 
top 121 uh, high-risk jurisdictions in America uh, at the state and local level, so city, county, and state budgets on what you would consider the homeland security envelope, law enforcement, fire service, emergency management. And we looked at the budgets from 2000 to 2007, and what we found was, frankly, they're spending a whole lot more money on the domestic homeland security enterprise than the homeland security grants that they get every year. And in fact, in many cases, the state spending is about 99% of their budget every year compared to that federal homeland security grants that are coming down. And so what we try to argue is why are you states letting the federal tail wag the far greater state and local dog? Because the resources are there, they're just not being marshaled properly and they're not they're being interfered with by federal mandates, federal requirements, you know, federal dictates that are coming out of Washington. You say that there is a struggle for control of uh, local intelligence uh, at the federal level. What is that breakdown? Yeah, essentially, uh, before 9-11, what you had was uh, a primarily uh, a primary relationship between the Department of Justice and, and the FBI with state and local law enforcement. With the creation of the Department of Homeland Security, you created a second federal entity that then had a uh, uh, play in the state and local law enforcement role in terms of information gathering and intelligence. And what happened then is, as you can imagine in Washington, a fight began over which agency was going to, quote unquote, own state and local law enforcement and the information and intelligence that was going to be gathered and collected at the state and local level. And so we've seen that fight continue. And that means you've got massive inefficiencies being developed. You've got redundant uh, information pipelines, redundant information systems, redundant uh, uh, requirements being pushed down from those respective agencies into the state and local law enforcement. And all we're really doing is saying, Joe, just send us all of your information, which means we're, in, we're growing the, the haystack at the federal level and making it, frankly, harder to find the needle rather than using an enterprise model which says for 2,000 years, law enforcement has developed to a point where it is very good at walking the beat, community policing, and really knowing what's going on. And so creating a model where we put state and local law enforcement as the lead entity, where they gather the information, they follow up on leads, and then they essentially can remove a lot of that useless hay before we even nationally try to gather it to see if there are any connections across the country to some activities. If you allow us to do that, that'll put us in a far greater uh, situation to leverage all that know-how and experience that's frankly at the state and local level without trying to federalize it all and just have Washington tell them what they should do, what they should send up, and, and, and those types of things, which is kind of the current model we're under today. How legitimate is it that the federal government even issues all of these mandates on uh, local police anyway? Um, you know, it's, 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 not, it's not very legitimate. I mean, constitutionally speaking, uh, you know, the Constitution was clear under the Ninth and Tenth Amendments where the power should reside over the daily uh, uh, police power in our lives. And, you know, the Federalist Papers, Jimmy, James Madison, was very clear that over, over the routine criminal uh, uh, activities in our lives, that was really going to be handled at the state and local level. And so we've, again, federalized that. And that occurred well before terrorism was a big issue. We've been federalizing crime over the last 30 years uh, at a greater, a greater pace. And so the more we can do to kind of reverse that trend and get uh, Washington out of the way, we're going to honor the Constitution, frankly, and, and more importantly, put the people who actually have the experience, understand their communities, will have a greater chance of detecting something that just doesn't seem right or getting information from one of those folks that they've developed a relationship through the community policing roles to, to really detect and prevent a terrorist attack uh, well, well in advance. 
Matt Mayer is a visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation and author of the new book, Homeland Security and Federalism, Protecting America from Outside the Beltway. Cato Audio is a dynamic monthly CD that brings you only the best of Cato events and speakers. You can subscribe at Cato.org.